Well, greetings and welcome to The Dividing Line. My name is James White, and we are coming to you once again, uh, looking to edify you and educate you and um, commiserate with you in the midst of the uh, decline and fall of Western civilization is uh, really where we are. Um, Got to start, uh, before we get back to some of our, our other uh, topics that we've been dealing with a lot, um, did you see what happened with the Miss Universe pageant in the Netherlands? Remember the Netherlands? Remember the Netherlands? Um, I say remember the Netherlands because that is a nation that in not not that long ago had a Christian prime minister and strong vital churches and is the clearest evidence I've ever seen of the reality that Christianity is not passed on genetically. Because the foundations for the utter collapse of that culture into a morass of secular nonsense, all the foundations were laid while there were, the vast majority of people were quote-unquote baptized Reformed Christians. If you do not preach the whole gospel, including the call for repentance and faith, you end up with formalism and nominalism, which leads to where the Netherlands are now. And, and what am I referring to? Well, let me um, let me see if I can pull. There's there's all sorts of pictures on uh, on the web right now. But here's uh, here's one, and I really can't. Yeah, you know, actually, I can blow it up. You know, Rich, I think I can do this faster than you can this way. <laughs> um, <clears throat> let me. Uh, let me show you. Uh, that's not what I want. I wanted that one. There we go. And boing. Okay, the person on the left is the new Miss Universe Netherlands. And it's a guy. It's a guy. And uh, the person on the right is Miss Universe Russia. <laughs> they quickly, quickly put that out to go, here's... Here's the West, and and here's the not West, and uh, yeah, Miss Universe Russia is a is a beautiful woman, and the Miss Universe Netherlands is a messed up, mutilated guy, and it's sad. It's really sad. And here, um, let me uh, try to there here here. Yeah, right there. That is the woman, actual woman, who was beaten out. She's the runner-up in the Netherlands. And uh, that's, that's a beautiful woman. That is a beautiful woman. Um, you know, the, the, the term being used a lot these days, uh, we'll get back to me eventually here. The term that's being used a lot these days, misogyny. Misogyny. And yet, this is misogyny. This is a hatred of women. When you can take a beastly looking guy and say, this is the most beautiful woman in the Netherlands. What are you saying about actual women? Why should any beautiful woman, well, why should any beautiful woman be involved in that pageant stuff to begin with? Probably a good question, but the point is, why bother? Why bother? The, the insanity of the West today has truly reached a point where, again, someday, Lord willing, someday there will be museums where little boys and girls who will be dressed like little boys, because they are little boys, 
and little girls because they're little girls. And they won't be confused about it, and there won't there won't be entire governments that are trying to uh, confuse them about their gender and their roles in life and things like that. Because all this stuff is going to collapse. It's going to fall in on itself. It is vacuous, empty. It's rebellion against God's ways, and it's going to collapse. And when it does, there's going to come a day when people are going to walk into museums, and they're going to watch this stuff, and they're going, was it in the water? Was it the chemtrails? <laughs> What was it that caused this level of abject insanity to take place? But there's something we can learn. I don't know how I ran across this. I, I, evidently, it was a uh, something on Twitter, and I'm thankful for Twitter. But I came across a news report. WHOA, I think. Um, I'm not completely certain. It's, it's from Louisville. It's a local TV station, ABC TV station in Louisville. And they are reporting on the passage of a bill in the legislature there in Louisville for Kentucky. You you normally associate Kentucky with conservative views and things like that. And they are reporting this this is a Kentucky television station and yet as I watched this report I saw the most amazing demonstration of the fact that in reality Pravda is alive and well in the United States now remember Pravda was the official Soviet news agency during the period of the Soviet Union. Pravda means truth in Russian. And everybody, including everybody who lived in Russia and the Soviet Union as a whole, knew that if it was printed in Pravda, it was a lie. That was the whole point of it, was that you are degraded as a human being when you are forced to agree and to nod your head with lies. That's, that was the function of Pravda, was to degrade people. That's why it was called Pravda. To have to say the word truth of what you know is a lie degrades you, degrades the world. Well, Pravda is now in Kentucky. Oh, you'd expect it in San Francisco. You'd expect it all over the place, in New York, and all through California, and, um, well... Lots of other places now, too. Chicago and Oregon and Washington. You, you expect the grossly dishonest, biased, quote-unquote, news coverage of the left. But that's all you get anywhere now. It's in Kentucky. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Now, we're going to get hit by this television station for playing this report. This is the very definition of fair use. This is why the fair use law exists so that you can look at a grossly biased, unfair they're they are on one side and they're pushing that side and they don't have any interest whatsoever in even acknowledging that the other side has any arguments at all. They are part they are partisans. This is partisan journalism. It's yellow journalism at its worst. But they will scream and they will ding us and they will DCMA this thing. You, it's going to happen. And if it's finally taken down, then we're done. There is no freedom of speech. There is no ability to criticize the narrative that is being presented by the state-controlled media. And that's what's happening in, in, in every Western country. All across the EU... It's happening in Australia. Everywhere, the same thing's happening. But for us, at least hopefully, until they take this down, make sure to save this, make sure to download the file, make sure to keep these things, because they're all, they're all, it's all going to disappear Monday. Um, by analyzing this less than three-minute piece, I just simply want to point out 
what's obvious to most of us, but I am concerned about the younger generation. If you were raised in public education, you were not educated. You were not taught to think critically. You were not, you were not taught to analyze the emotional appeals. And so I think it's vitally important to take the time, stop and start and go, notice the language. Notice the abuse of language that is taking place here. This is the constant drumbeat through every media uh, outlet there is. The whole legacy media, mainstream media, television stations, the whole nine hours, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, Fox, it doesn't matter. They're all sold out on this. Even on places like Fox, they will still use preferred pronouns, even when they're criticizing someone who's using them. They will give in to the lie and repeat the lie. So it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. But we as Christians, we can't, we, we, we can't give into it. We can't give in to that kind of stuff. So let's listen to this. And look, these reporters, report, they're not journalists, okay? These are paid shills of the left. That's all they are. They're reading a teleprompter. Same with Joe Biden, for that matter. Um, but they are repeating the narrative. And you listen to this reporter. You listen to the clips that they create. And no one... I'm old enough to remember when, I, when, when we were in English class, we would take, we would have segments on journalism and what the rules were. And, and you would have to, I remember clearly in junior high school, having to write up news reports on something that was happening in our world. And there were rules. You had to seek to be unbiased. You had to seek to present both sides. You had to seek to be honest. And evidently, that's no longer taught. Certainly no longer practiced, uh, to be certain. Um, but that's where we are. So, um, I'm just going to, I'm not going to play it all the way through. We're going to just piece after piece after piece. And I'm just going to notice this, notice that. I'm no special person to be able to do this. I just happen to come from a generation that still remembers very clearly what it was like to deal with Pravda um, and to recognize uh, the deception that comes from the left. And hopefully we can help other people to do that as well. All right, let's, um, let's take a look at, uh, at this clip. The Kentucky General Assembly passing a sweeping anti-trans bill. Now, the WHS 1119 was there in Frankfurt for the vote tonight. Now, first of all, did you catch that? Anti-trans bill. Not, not a defense of parental rights, not a defense of children against mutilation of their bodies, but an anti-trans bill. The bill bans gender-affirming medical care for minors allows teachers to ignore. Okay, bans gender-affirming care for minors. That is not meaningful language, okay? That is the language of the narrative. It's the language of the party. It's Newspeak, okay? Here is Newspeak. You want 1984, you want Orwell, there it is. Everything on the screen right now is Newspeak. Gender-affirming care. No one had ever heard of that before 2010. That means it's revolutionary. Right? And we're not affirming gender. We are mutilating bodies. We are destroying reproductive capacity. We are removing healthy organs. We are condemning people to a lifetime of being a sick patient of the medical system on every kind of drug imaginable. Just last week um, on Apologia Radio, uh, Jeff played a clip 
of detransitioners talking about what their lives are like, what they have to do to their bodies every day, the pain and agony they go through to try to continue the absolute fallacious stupidity of the fantasy of transition. They are in pain every day because they have to do things to their body to reopen openings that are not supposed to be there. That's not gender-affirming care. That is causing a person to be destroyed for life and to be a patient for life. To never experience whole health again. Don't call that gender-affirming care. Allows teachers to ignore preferred pronouns. In other words, allows teachers to speak the English language. Preferred pronouns are idiocy. They are idiocy. It makes no sense. It is the most self-centered, I am the most important person in the universe thing I've ever seen in my life. And again, when did this start? I don't remember it before 2015. Obergefell clicked the switch, away we went. This is revolutionary. It's brand new. It has no moral or ethical foundation. And to expect other people to memorize special pronouns just for you that you can come up with and you can change daily is the most absurd, narcissistic, self-centered, childish thing on the planet. But allows teachers to ignore preferred pronouns. In other words, allows teachers to speak the English language and maybe to teach their students to speak the English language as well. Um, maybe, maybe that goes along with it. The students' preferred pronouns and trans students from using the restroom tied to their gender identities. In other words, does what we've done our entire history. We have boys' rooms and we have girls' rooms. And that's the way it should be. There is no right to using bathroom tied to gender identity, which is another fallacious, absurd, disconnected from reality, anti-science, anti-religion, anti-everything ideology that has only one purpose, destroy, 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 destroy Western nations. That's all, that's the only reason it exists. And I, I, I love that section in What is a Woman? Where Matt Walsh is in, <laughs> in Africa, trying to talk to Africans about the insanity of the West. And these people living in huts demonstrate that on a moral and ethical level, they are so far beyond the West, it's not even funny. Not even funny. They can hardly even come up with the language to express the stupidity of what we do on a regular basis. That's, um, that's where we are. WHAS 1119's Connor Steffen, photojournalist Elijah McKenzie, have the emotional reaction. The emotional reaction. The emotional reaction. This is how the narrative is promoted. Thomas Sowell has been telling us for decades if we would but listen. Emotional reaction is not thought. Children react emotionally. Babies react emotionally. And we are very thankful when all of a sudden they start growing up and they start controlling themselves. But now we have an entire society that is nothing but grown-up babies without the emotional growing-up part. And that's what you're going to see here. Despite the desperate cries... I'm embarrassed and I'm appalled and I'm scared. I won't know. And in passion... I'm scared. I don't know. See, I'm not supposed to do that. We have to start doing that. These people are taking over. These people are taking over. And they're taking over our states. So the state is going to start taking your children. They are children. They can't control their emotions. They cannot think rationally. They cannot think critically. And they're taking over. It's time to say to these people, grow up. 
Grow up, can you make a meaningful argument? Can you deal with facts for even a second without starting to cry? Without fleeing to your safe space? When did the entire adult population freeze at age six? It's astonishing. <laughs> and when, when, when we look back, what happened to the United States? How did it die? Here we go. When the entire collective emotional level of the nation dropped to six years of age. That's when it happened. That's, that's, that's when it happened. Please. How dare you? You're going to kill kids. Their blood will be on your hands. So here's the constant narrative. And it's backwards. Just like your Pravda, supposed to mean truth, means lies. Here's this guy. He's been given these words to say. And he may be stupid enough to actually believe it. He may be stupid enough to actually believe what he's saying. I mean, a lot of these folks are just... It's all they've been raised with now for the past 10 years. They can't remember history. They have no connection with history. They don't know how people have thought down through history. So they ignore the fact that transitioning increases suicide. They ignore the physical realities of the pain and the anguish. And they sit there and don't care at all that they have no long-term studies as to the effect of injecting a male body with estrogen or a female body with testosterone in regards to cancers and everything else. They ignore all of that and just repeat the mantra because that's what Pravda does. Pravda just repeats stuff. Beat it into everybody. Make it so you get tired of having to say, no, that's not true. That's absurd. Blood will be on your hands. Guarantee you it's some Democrat. Guarantee you. Lady down at the end of the pink's got the uh, blue hair going, so we know we know where that's coming from. Nothing new on that line. Kentucky GOP lawmakers succeed in getting anti-trans legislation to the governor's desk. Where, Again, anti-trans legislation. When I was in junior high school, you had to learn how to create headlines that were not bigoted and biased. They don't even, they don't even try anymore. They don't even pretend. This is legislation to protect minors from being mutilated by an absurd revolutionary ideology that if we were sitting around, if this conversation, can you imagine? September 13th, 2001. Remember it? I remember it. We were talking, I was sitting here, well, not here, but sitting on the dividing line saying, we need a nation that will repent of its sins and, re and all the rest of this stuff. Nobody that day could have understood anything that we're talking about today. If I had sat there and said, within 20 years, well, 22 years, within 22 years, all the major media outlets will be calling it a good and proper thing to cut off 13-year-olds' breasts and to emasculate 13-year-old boys, to try to turn them into something they're not. Everyone would have looked at me and gone, okay, I think you need to take a break now. You've obviously lost it. You've obviously lost it. Right? You better believe it. You better believe it. But here we are. Expected to be vetoed. Shame on you. I would thank you for your time, but I am honest to God, so embarrassed, ashamed, and for the first time in my life, I wish I was not a Kentuckian. It's hard to put. That woman is not emotionally mature. Okay, she's a child. She may have a woman's body. She may be in her 20s or 30s. But again, stuck at about six years of age. Banging the table and. I, uh, 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 that's, all this, that's all this side has. They have no science, they have no ethics, they have no morality, they have no history, they've got nothing. 
They are child mutilators, and their only argument is to cry and scream and and take over houses of legislation and bring in drag queens and all the rest of this type of stuff. It's all they've got. It's what they're stuck with. Towards just how fast moving this bill was during a surprise Senate Education Committee vote, Republican Senator Max Wise and Representative David Mead blindsided everyone, reviving what was thought to be a dead Senate Bill 150. There is evidence that this is harmful to children, and that's our job is to protect children, and that's what we're doing here. The new. Okay, so that's about all the time is that's given to the people that promoted this. Um, yes, we're protecting children. Any state legislature that will not ban the mutilation of children, they are, they will stand before God to be judged. This is, this is insanity going across the land. And we will find out who the, who the righteous are. And who the evil are by how they respond to this. There's no question about it. No question about it. But that's about all the time they're given. I think there's one clip of him saying that they had people testifying of the danger of this stuff to children. Isn't that a given? I mean, maybe you're just not allowed to talk about Maybe they'll just ban being able to talk about what actually happens in transitioning. The destruction of the human body. The fact, the fact that the body fights back. The infections, diseases, pain, constant medication. Not allowed to talk about that. Not allowed to talk about that. And then you see these people, their bodies destroyed, their lives destroyed. Going, why didn't somebody tell me? Well, because when you try, you get banned, shut down, sued, whatever. And in many states now, I mean, you'll lose your parental rights, state takes your children. So they have to go through all this stuff. It is the culture of death on steroids. Expanded version includes far-reaching measures. It would have school districts create explicit bathroom policies, forcing trans students to abide by their biological sex. Forcing trans students. <laughs> In other words, stopping males from going into female bathrooms. So, but Newspeak can't allow that. Newspeak forcing trans students as if there is such a thing. Where were the trans students in 2000, in 1980, in 1960, in 1940? We're nowhere. The delusion hadn't started. There wasn't a TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook to allow the promotion of this kind of utter self-destructive fantasy. So the law actually says boys shouldn't use the girls' bathrooms. The vast majority of girls are happy about that, as well they should be. It also bans gender-affirming care for anyone in Kentucky under the age of 18. That's... So again, Newspeak, gender-affirming care. In other words, unless you're 18 years old, that's when you can get drafted, we had a draft, and all sorts of things. Oh, doctors can't mutilate your body. Simple morality. Now being mocked and derided. This is terrible! Oh, let's cry together. We need a safe space. These terrible people. Institutionalized infants. That's all it is. Both surgical procedures and non-surgical procedures. We are attacking a group of vulnerable people, as we're calling late meetings. We are attacking a group of vulnerable people that we have created for our own purposes and will throw away in a second once we have accomplished our purposes. But they're a group of vulnerable people that didn't exist only a few years ago. 
but they exist now and we're going to defend them because it's our religion. We have joined the cult of transgenderism and we, we're going to make the Jehovah's Witnesses look like they're lazy in promoting this everywhere we can. Everywhere we can. But again, the appeal to the emotion. We're attacking. <laughs> Let's all cry together. And sneaking bills in. This is not good government. The director of Planned Parenthood told me this bill is the farthest reaching anti-trans legislation in the entire country. Supporters say it backs parental rights. If you watched the committee or were in the committee, you would have seen the testimony from certain doctors and certain mental health professionals. So yes, there were some consultants. But a That's all they get. Protects parental rights. Yes, it does. Those very same rights that have been completely taken away in other states. Where if you don't... Well, it's, it's happening in the UK. Um, did I? Oh, I just tweeted it. I just tweeted it. Uh, yesterday, day before yesterday. Um, Crown Protective Services, is that, is that what it is? Different accurate, different abbreviations in different countries means different things. But there's a, a movement in the UK, I believe, um, to do the same thing they're doing in California, Washington, places like that, where you can remove children from a home if the parents will not agree to their transgenderism and pay out of their own pocket to bring about the mutiliz- mutiliz- mutil- mutilating of the body. And most of us just sit here going, we never thought anything like this could ever happen. Yeah. And the few people that said, you know, this could lead to that. Oh, you're crazy. You're nuts. And here it is. It's right in front of us. Opponents believe it will lead young queer Kentuckians to leave the state or worse. Please think about a kid that you know. Think about how you would feel if a kid you knew couldn't get access to medical care and they came home and you found them dead. The general. Okay, so there we go again. Couldn't get access to medical care. Couldn't mutilate their bodies. And all the studies have shown that even when they do, that only increases their probability of suicide. So we've got to be children and emotional. Do I respect adults sitting there who clearly have the emotional capacity of a six-year-old? No, I do not. I do not. I cannot. I'm an adult. I, 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 it's astonishing. Absolutely astonishing. Because they can't get medical care. <sighs> what they need is mental care. What they need is to turn off TikTok and YouTube and shut you people up because you're the ones creating all this. This was not an issue in 2010, folks. It was not. Something in the water? No. Social media, period. It's a social media epidemic. And you can already see the people. Warning. Whose lives have been destroyed. Bodies have been destroyed. Who The rest of their shortened life will be pain-filled. Trying to warn us. We won't listen. We won't listen. It's, um, it's amazing. Assembly will have time to override any vetoes. Lawmakers return for that in two weeks. And Frank, for Connor Steffen, for the WHS 11 night team. The Kentucky Democratic Party calling it a Frankenstein bill tonight. More reaction from Kentucky Congressman Morgan McGarvey of Louisville saying this is so miserable, mean, and misinformed. The Republicans had to sneak it through late in the session despite having super majorities. Now think about that. Frankenstein bill. These are the people who are creating the young women who showed up at the White House and took their shirts off to show their mutilated chests. Frankenstein? Frankenstein? They're trying to stop Frankenstein. They're trying to stop that. But Pravda's Pravda. (laughs) You you know? You you know, as long as the left's lips are moving, um, you know what they're doing. (laughs) They're lying. And Louisville Mayor Craig Greenberg tonight sending encouragement to the LGBTQ community saying, I share your anger and despair. We will keep fighting and ultimately win. We will keep fighting and we will win. 
I, 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 you know, party just wants to go, look, eventually you just have to, have to go, all right, fine, um, we give up, we give in. You can't. You, you cannot. We have to stand firm. And that means fighting the temptation to stop having righteous anger at the mutilation of kids. Mutilation of kids, not mutilization. Mutilation of kids. The destruction of lives. Yeah, it is primarily people on the left. And I suppose you could make the argument, well, none of those people are ever going to have kids, so they eventually will die out. That doesn't matter. Those, the church has to be prepared to deal with these people once they realize they have been absolutely lied to and abused by the world. Is there going to be any place they can go? Any place they can go? A lot of issues there, aren't there? Yeah. There are. There are. Okay. Um, let me... We're going to be switching gears here now, so if you don't like talking about the cultural stuff, um, you know, all right. It's called application, and there's... I think application's a good thing. But um, I put up a graphic on... Um, so total shifting of gears here. The clutch has gone in. Uh, we have we have shifted gears. Uh, we have about twenty three minutes, so that that's good. Um, oh, by the way, by the way, I apologize. I was supposed to do this at the top. Uh, we're still on the road, as you can see, using the studio. Um, I will be at South Boulder Bible Church on Sunday night. Um, I believe we made the announcement. Yeah, we. I think we made the announcement on Friday in the dividing line. Yes that I was having to cut out the mid part of this trip. Um, thank you for the prayers. I'm not, not, not 100% back yet. I've done some rides, but I... Uh, it, it, it's amazing when you get food poisoning and your entire bodily system is completely thrown to the wind. Really how long it takes to try to get back. And I, I don't have that, the deep reserve of energy. I've lost weight, which is good. Need to lose a lot more. Uh, but I don't have that deep reserve of energy yet uh, that I need to try to develop. So I'm staying here in the Colorado area. I'll be at South Boulder Bible Church on Sunday night. Um, I was at uh, New City Church on Sunday morning. I really had a great time there. Uh, I'll be talking with them about doing stuff in the future. It's great to be making connections with like-minded churches up here, Redemption Hills, New City Church. And uh, very thankful for all the believers we're meeting uh, up here and, and um, look forward to future possibilities. And remember, it was, was it 2014, I think, is when we did the, the open theism debate up here that popped up really quick. And um, looking forward to possibilities of stuff like that. Uh, but, so I'm still technically on the road, even though I'm not, thankfully, having to drive anywhere right now. And uh, that means there's still costs involved with staying here, um, things for the unit, uh, stuff like that. So if you um, like the fact we're making these connections and using the studios here to be, I'm doing all sorts of extra other webcasts with other people and scheduling others that we're going to be doing even on the trip back. Uh, please help us to continue to do this. We have a travel fund uh, at aomin.org. You go to the donate section and you can... Honestly, small amounts uh, add up to allowing us to do a lot of this type of stuff. So uh, if you could uh, help us in that way, the travel fund at aomin.org uh, is what allows us to continue doing this. And we could really use that. Um, so I, uh, I put this up on Twitter. And I made a comment. And I was doing this for geeks. Okay, <laughs> I was doing this for geeks. Um, I was saying, 
look at this. This is the LSB on the left and the NA28 on the right. And I said, um, see if you can figure out why I wish the LSB had, um, how did I put it? Printed two English words differently than they did. Something along those lines is, is what I had said. Now, I, I'm going to try to do something here. And I forgot to set this up. I'm not sure it would have worked with playing the video anyways, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm going to try. Yes, that's, that's the right program. I'm going to try to use my little presenter program here. Um, to show you what we're what we're looking at here. Um, oops, I can't do that. Stop annotating screen. There we go. And let's see if I can get this to work. I can't guarantee it, but let's find out. Ah, very good. It worked. It worked. Um, so what I was talking about is, is this. Uh, over on the right-hand side, you will see, for example, this phrase right here. Tan de Faban. And even though, even if you don't read uh, Greek, I'm not sure this, it will work. I'll be out of, oh, here. Nope, can't do that. Um, if you don't read Greek, you can see that Tande faban auton me bobetheta meta tarak theta, okay, is in italics. It's italicized Greek. And that is doing the same thing that you have over here. Okay. So the LSB, NASB, puts in all caps. It's all caps, but the rest of the word is in a smaller font size, but it's still capital letter forms. That is the NASB, LS, LSB way of indicating an Old Testament citation. And the italicized in the Greek is the way of showing an Old Testament citation from the Greek Septuagint. And so what I was pointing out is that if you look at 1 Peter 3.15 in the English, you'll notice that there is an italicized word, the word being in the second line there, but that's not how they indicate Old Testament citations. There's no indication in 1 Peter 3.15 of an Old Testament citation. There is in verse 14. Uh, you are blessed and do not fear their fear and do not be troubled. Isaiah 8 is the reference there. But here's the problem. In the Greek, look at this. Quidion and Hagiasate are in italics in the NA28. But they are not italicized or should be block lettered in the LSB NASB. Now, these are editorial um, choices. And I'm not picking on anybody. I was just simply saying this morning on Twitter that there's something important here. Because when, when scholars, and for example, you can buy entire um, books. I know they have them in Logos, they have them in Accordance. Entire books giving you the listings of Old Testament citations and allusions. Now, here's the problem. If you have a, if you have a big enough chunk of text, you can easily tell, as here in verse 14, that this is a citation from the book of Isaiah in, in the Greek Septuagint, because it's very clear. But what if you only have a few words, or you have some words that have been um, transposed in their position, or what, um, like Jesus in his trial, uh, conflates, brings together both Psalm 110.1 and Daniel 7.13. 
uh, into a single sentence. Um, that kind of thing happens fairly regularly. So how do you indicate that? Is that a citation? Is that an allusion? Sometimes the uh, dividing line between them <laughs> um, is difficult to identify. But it's always important to know. It's always important to go, is, what's the background here? Because so many New Testament writers will utilize imagery and language and maybe not do a full citation, but they, they're intending you to understand what they're drawing from. And, and since this was part of, when I preached at New City Church on Sunday, I did my first sermon ever on the Ascension. And one of the things I covered was the nature of the ascended Lord. He's the, the lamb standing as a slain in Revelation 5. But then in Revelation chapter 6, people, kings and generals and slaves and everybody is calling for the mountains to fall upon them and to hide them from the presence of he who sits upon the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. Well, the language that is used about fall upon us and stuff like that comes straight out of Revelation. I mean, when you look carefully in Revelation and in Hebrews, though in Hebrews it's more direct citation, Revelation there's just, it's the author's intention to just use as much prophetic language from the Hebrew scriptures as he possibly could. He possibly could. And that means there's an, just entire books that you can purchase. We'll, we'll go through these and and we'll say, is this an illusion? Is this a citation? Very, very important stuff. All right. With all that said, why, looking at what's on the screen, why did the editors of the Nessial in 28 put Kurion and Hagiasate in italics? They're separated by Dayton Christon. Um... But why would that be there? Well, let's um, let's stop annotating uh, the screen for a moment, and uh, pretty much done with that one. Let's bring up the text itself uh, once again, just letting people know. People, I I do get people who ask me questions. Um. How did that happen? Oh, because I'm searching the wrong wrong one. Oh no, I'm not. Never mind. Um, here's uh, here's the the. I'm gonna blow up the the fonts for you so it's easy to read. And the uh, text that is being quoted from the Greek Septuagint. Is from first, uh, is from Isaiah chapter eight. So let's let's go over there first, and let me let me blow the fonts up so, <laughs> again. So it, it's it's one thing to be sitting there pointing at something, and then everybody's like, "We had no idea what you were doing because it was very strange." Um, here is we'll switch over to it right there. Here is the text. You're not to say it is a conspiracy in regard to all this people call a conspiracy. And you are not to fear what they fear, and you shall not tremble. It is Yahweh of hosts whom you should regard as holy. Okay, so looking over at the Greek Septuagint, here is the section that Peter cites in verse 14. So let's pop over there. Okay? Tan de faban auton me fabethete, meda tarak theta. That's direct citation straight from there. Straight from the Greek Septuagint. But what are the next three words in the Greek Septuagint? Kurion auton agiasate. Kurion for Yahweh, 
Yahweh, Sabaoth, Yahweh of hosts, you are to regard him as holy, which is translated in the Greek Septuagint with the verb hagiasate. Kurion auton hagiasate. Let's go back to 1 Peter. Kurion de ton Christon hagiasate entais cardiais humon. Now, there is, let's tackle this real quickly. I don't want to lose everybody. If, if this doesn't help you, don't worry about it. We'll come right back. There is a textual variant. Um, in later manuscripts, so it's hard for you to see up in the right-hand corner, but the manuscripts are listed up in the right-hand corner. Uh, these are not early manuscripts. These are much later manuscripts, though it does become the majority Byzantine reading. Christon, Christ, is God. Um, which would be very strange. But as Lord the God, you are to sanctify in your hearts, always being ready, so on and so forth. The text, however, is found in P72, our earliest manuscript of 1 Peter. Sinaiticus, Alexandrus, Vaticanus, C, Psi, 33, the, the king, the, the, the queen, I'm sorry. A very, very important manuscript, uh, giving a very early uh, text. Uh, it is Christ that is found here. So the point is that here's two of the three next words in the Septuagint citation are in 1 Peter 3.15. And remember, remember, verse divisions are editorial. They're not, there's no verse divisions in, in P72, for example. So, that's not relevant. The question is, if the noun and the verb from the Greek Septuagint, right here, are brought, Peter includes them in the exact same forms. Then what he's done is he has replaced Alton with what? Christ. Ton Christon. So this is a continuation of the citation of the Septuagint. And let me um, let me try to do something for you here. Put this up here so we can say hello again. So you see what's going on here. We we it's it's not disputable that verse 14 is quoting from Isaiah 8. That's everybody's gonna agree with that. But the problem is Isaiah 8 is about Yahweh. And if the reading is Christon, then Christon is taking the place of Alton in the Septuagint. So here you have another one of those situations, just as you see Paul doing in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, where he takes the Shema and he expands it in light of the Incarnation. Here you have Peter taking Isaiah 8, and he quotes the whole section including the Lord and sanctify. But whereas Isaiah said, it is Yahweh of hosts you are to treat, you are to regard as holy. Peter says, you are to regard Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always being ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's within you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Um, so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who disparage your good conduct in Christ will be put to shame. So, those of you who've listened to the program for a long time know that I have a whole sermon. I first delivered it at the Wretched Conference at a Mennonite church, as I recall, in Ohio, I think. Real nice facility. I remember it. Um, 
when you're my age, I feel good when I remember something like that. Uh, where I go through this, because as you know, 1 Peter 3.15, the key apologetics text, and apologists preach on it all the time without ever knowing what it's actually talking about. What is being called for is the reverence of Christ as Lord, as Kurios, as Yahweh in our hearts. When you set him apart and recognize who he is, then you, in so doing, are putting yourself in a position to respond to everything, persecution, everything from the world, with Christ at the center. And that means you're going to respond differently. And when you respond differently, the world looks at you and says, where's this hope that you have? Where'd this hope come from? And you're always to be ready to give a reasoned explanation of where that hope come from, comes from. And it comes from your fidelity to your faithfulness, your following of Christ. So this would be another place where a New Testament writer does not flinch for a moment from taking an Old Testament passage and applying it to not only the Christian life, but to Christ as the center of the Christian life. And it was an Old Testament passage that was specifically talking about Yahweh. Yahweh. Um, That's what's going on there. And so I just threw that out for the geeks on Twitter. And a number of people responded like, "Uh, what are you talking about? You need to explain this. I'm like, all right, okay, let's do that. Let's, um, Let's look at the text. And, you know, there are so many resources available to us now. We have on our phones, we have on our laptops, on our iPads and all sorts of other devices. But we need to know how to use them. And when you're looking at, you know, there's all sorts of folks who could bring that up on their own on their own computer. And you go, yeah, but I can't read Greek. But you can look over there and you can see that italics. And then you can see the, the block text in the English. And you need to be able to to recognize when the New Testament writers are bringing that stuff in. Um, this morning I started listening to, and I want to thank one of our volunteers, well, one of the, one of the folks on our team, pulled down all the Andy Stanley sermons on the fundamental list. And I started listening, and... I don't know. There's there's like five sermons he did, then some other guy did two in the middle of it. And it's the same direction he's been going for a long time. And I I was just left over and over again going, when you unhitch from the Old Testament, you destroy the new because you're pulling all this stuff out. The intimate textual relationship. When he said... There was no Bible. We're going to go back to AD 33. There was no Bible. And I'm like, yes, there was. Yes, there was, Andy. And there's your evidence. Peter expects his readers to know, to see this, to get it. Not to unhook it. Not to unhitch it. Not to just look for red letters. But to see it and believe it and learn from it. Really frustrating. It's really, really frustrating to listen to someone doing that. Because I know where it goes. It has only one place it can go. There's only one place it can go. Every denomination that has followed the path that Andy Stanley is following are the ones with rainbow-stoled female preachers doing the Sparkle Creed. We didn't do the Sparkle Creed, did we? Or did I? That's the problem. I can't remember. I know Doug Wilson did a response video to it. That that was probably epic. epic. I didn't see it. 
But um, if I recall correctly, Candace posted that as an example of what happens to Protestants. And I'm like, you don't know that you've got your problems in Rome, too? Um, and what's more, that's not a Protestant, that's an apostate. That, that woman no more believes in sola scriptura than she believes in anything Christian. She's a New Age spiritualist wearing a rainbow stole and stealing Christian terminology simply to mock the faith. That's all there is to it. Sad, but that's the reality. That's the reality. Okay, anyways, we've gone for a full hour, and hopefully uh, that's useful to you. As I said, I, I, I don't know if we will even have the freedom for this program to stay on many uh, places when I say the things that needed to be said in response to, at the beginning of the program, this kind of propaganda being put out by mainstream media. Not even trying any longer to pretend that it's actual reporting. Just don't know how long it's going to last. And there's a part of me that goes, well, just do the teaching on stuff like First Peter 3. The problem is you have to make application. If you sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, see, the reason our society is collapsing is because there's no longer any objective standard. Every man's his own God. And so if you decide that you are actually a female, then... Uh, everything else follows as if you have that capacity and power. When you set apart, treat as holy, Christ as Yahweh in your hearts, then he is on the throne and his word and his law is the standard. And that's how you can actually build a society that will last. A society that tries to exist in God's world, but specifically rebels against God's ways, is a society that will not last. So you have to make application. So we can sit here and have fun with geeky stuff with block letters and metallics and the Septuagint and the Hebrew and all that stuff, but you got to make application. you got to make application. And when you do, the world hates you. They don't care about the rest of it because they don't get it. They don't get it. But you make application and say, Christ will judge every single magistrate that is promoting the murder of unborn children and the mutilation of born children. You say that, we got to shut you down. Because you're getting way too close. You see, even the New Testament makes it really clear. Only by the Holy Spirit can you say, Jesus Kurios, Jesus is Lord. And every citizen of the Roman Empire that read Paul's words knew exactly what that meant. Because they had all heard in the public square, in the halls of Rome, a different phrase, Kaiser Kurios was always a revolutionary thing to say. I'll try to remember to link to um, the sermon from Sunday where I uh, press that, press those claims of Christ. Uh, it's important stuff. It's important stuff. All right. Well, I very much appreciate uh, everyone uh, taking the time to uh, listen to the program today. And I hope it has been useful to you. And uh, Lord willing, pretty much on time, we should be back on uh, Thursday as well. Uh, appreciate your watching and God bless.